night to you all and welcome to another episode of Inside Edge, sponsored by Tiger Tanks and of course, be you can, which can be viewed here on CNC3 as well as listened to on the Freedom 106.5 radio frequency. Of, as always, every Monday we bring you all of the latest in terms of cricket discussion and of course this Monday is no different as we have a, quite a lot to speak about. With me as always is Andre Lawrence, former Trinidad and Tobago International all-rounder. Andre, welcome back. Thank you, Jesse, and good evening to everyone. What a great weekend cricket we've had in training. Yeah, fantastic week of CPL cricket, which just ended last evening with a win for the TKR men, although the women, they were dethroned as CPL, women CPL champions, having won that inaugural competition last year. This time around, though, the accolades will go to the Barbados Royals, led really admirably by a West Indies captain, Haley Matthews and company. It was a thrilling final at the Brian Lara Cricket Academy, which saw them defeat defeat the Guyana Amazon Warriors and of course Haley Matthews played a really big hand in that win with 82 as they batted first and posted some 167 runs odd and of course they defended it uh, in the end with uh, restricting the Guyana Amazon Warriors to 161 so it's a, a, 60, a seven run win for the Royals which sees them cup the second edition of this tournament and of course that will form the first part of our discussion this evening and for it, we are joined by former West Indies uh, wicketkeeper and, of course, former Trinidad and Tobago cricket board president, and a really admirable chap and certainly one of the leading cricketing minds in the region, Mr. Derek Murray. Good evening and welcome to you, sir. Evening, Jesse. Evening, Andre. And uh, good evening to all your uh, viewers and listeners, wherever they may be. Uh, and it's, it's great to be on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us once again, Mr. Murray. Let's get right into the discussion as it pertains to women's cricket in particular, the, uh, the development that we've seen in the past years. This women's Caribbean Premier League started off as just a one-round tournament last season, just four matches before it led up to that final, which uh, the TKR women would have won. This time around, it's extended a double round, uh, just three teams, but allowing these women um, more playing time and definitely with the influx of international stars we expected and we did see a higher standard of women's cricket. Is uh, this tournament and the general development of West Indies women's cricket going in the right direction in your estimation? Well, yes, certainly. Uh, I think it's, it's inevitable that it should be developed uh, even more than it is now. Uh, and we look forward to, uh, you know, when the women's cricket can stand on its own uh, and also include and incorporate test cricket. Uh, I remember back in, in the 1950s, uh, we Trinidad and Tobago had a very uh, powerful uh, women's team and by extension, the West Indies team was uh, took part in test matches uh, way back when. So yes, if the uh, CPL can be a catalyst for uh, that kind of development and that kind of strengthening of women's cricket. I'm, I'm all for it. And we need to see more of that eventually in the schools, etc., so that uh, the women's cricket takes its place uh, alongside uh, the other international uh, women's cricket teams. 
Yeah, and just uh, uh, some breaking news of, of sorts, just uh, a couple um, minutes before the start of our program, the West Indies Cricket Board, the Cricket West Indies Board actually named a full squad for a women's uh, limited overs tour to Australia. And of course, I'll, I'll read that uh, squad for you. It's captained again by Haley Matthews. Her vice captain will be Shemaine Campbell, who played a really good hand for the Ghana Amazon Warriors in that final uh, yesterday afternoon. Aliyah Allen, Shamelia Cornell, Afi Fletcher, Sherian Fraser, Shabika Gajnabi, Janelia Glasgow, Chanel Henry, Zayda James, Janaba Joseph, the young and promising Trinidad and Tobago all-rounder, Ashmini Munisar, Karishma Ramharak, also of Trinidad and Tobago, Stephanie Taylor, and Rashada Williams. They are expected to tour Australia for three T20s beginning on October 1st, and of course, uh, three ODIs that will be played at the Allen Border Field in Brisbane, one of them, and two of them at the Junction Oval in Melbourne, three ODIs in total, so three T20s and three ODIs. So they, they will be going to this Australian tour with some momentum, at least most of the players that were involved in this uh, CPL tournament. So, Mr. Murray, my question to you is, um, with the, I guess, the, the frequency of West Indies women's international matches as well, um, we've seen them come along so much so that we've also um, really um, expanded our player pool and being able to call upon some 19, 18, even uh, as low as 15-year-olds uh, to play the international game. That, does that augur well for the women's uh, game in the region yes it does and, and these international tours do uh, we have seen over the uh, recent past that uh, you tend to find that england uh, australia and uh, india uh, dominate at, at the women's level at the moment and, and it, it's great that the west indies uh, in, in their last tournament can can slip in and, and finish in, in third place. So, you know, you still see uh, progress, but there's still a lot of room for progress. And as I say, when, when you get the 15-year-olds and so coming through, that's also good. But we need to see the pairs of the 15-year-olds also being involved in, in the games and, and having a similar structure where you have regional cricket uh, on a regular basis in all the different at all the different age group levels and the more cricket that is is played and the more emphasis is that is put on the development of, of the women's game will augur well and those future tours i mean it shouldn't be too long before uh it's not just t20s and, and odis that they play on, on a tour uh, a bilateral tour but a test match uh, would really be helpful but you know we need a lot of work to be done in in the caribbean on on the women's game but and again um and that's not to detract from the, the men's games i mean we have really um let our um standards slip over the the years uh on the the men's side and, and so why not on, on the women? So I think there is a lot of rectifying to be done. And while we are enjoying the, the CPL and, and the CPL continues to deliver what it promises, which is entertainment, the biggest party in sport, whatever, all the innovations and so, and, and they're doing it, but it must not detract from the actual state of West Indies cricket. So let's not get too carried away. Uh, we enjoyed the last weekend in Trinidad and, and Tobago and the team won. So that's um, also a good thing. But 
let's not forget that it's really a diversion from the real development of cricket that needs to be taking place uh, in the Caribbean at the moment. And yeah. um, that starts at governance level. Uh, and I'm glad you, you've mentioned that, Derek. And thank you and welcome. It's great to see you. Uh, you, spoke, you just mentioned the word governance. You were part of a governance task force, I believe, in 2019, led by Don Webby. And you've openly called for drastic change in West Indies cricket. Tell me, what has, what has become of that report? And have you seen any attempts of that drastic change taking place? Uh, yes and, and, and no. Um, the, the report is out. It's, I think, being considered. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, because I would hate it to, to um, fall into the same filing basket or filing cabinet that the Patterson report before and, and the CARICOM report itself, uh, chaired by uh, Mrs. Barito, the, the principal of. Uh, UBK Phil uh, campus and I mean all the reports have basically said the same thing there needs to be a complete restructure of West Indies cricket and you know the years go by and, and these just I would say ignored but um, maybe that that's not fair but it, it really is uh, terrible and, and, and I will even go back uh, Andre, uh, to uh, the 1980s, when West Indies cricket, many say, was at, at its zenith. The, the period uh, for the mid-60s to the mid-80s was absolutely um, a, a dominant period for West Indies cricket. And gradually we slipped. Yes, we didn't actually lose a series until 1995. Somewhere in the mid-to-late 80s, uh, the... West Indies Cricket Board Incorporated was registered as an entity and uh, throughout the years since then uh, we have seen uh, West Indies boards act with, with total impunity. It's um, they are uh, responsible to no one uh, and, and West Indies Cricket just keeps on the field uh, being played, plagued, sorry, with different uh, problems, different um, reasons why our cricket is not uh, at the top level where it's supposed to be and where we keep fighting for rankings round about 8, 9 and 10, uh, which is a far cry from, from when we were, were dominant on the field. And, and much of that is due to a uh, uh, lack of, of proper government, governance, and a lack of accountability and uh, true representation for the ownership of the game, which w whatever you say about this incorporated company or whatever entity you want to call it. Uh, Mr. Murray, allow, allow us to um, just stick up in. We want to head down that um, that particular trend of thought when we come back from a short break, um, really talking uh, about the governance and what needs to be um, affected most immediately to in, in, in order to address that change in West Indies cricket. We'll take a short back and re a short break rather and return with more here on Inside Edge.
a child, if not our greatest love, from whatever walk of life we come. However, we journey in the face of challenges not of our making. Every child with cancer is a hero and deserves a fighting chance. Race for kids like me who are battling cancer. The RBC Race for the Kids is a family fun race. Raise funds. Raise hearts. Raise hope. Run for us. RBC Race for the Kids, October 15th. Register at rbcraceforthekidstt.com. Tiger Tanks Trinidad Unlimited is the premier supplier of logistic cargo carrying equipment to both the energy and non-energy sectors throughout Trinidad and Tobago, the Caribbean and Latin America. Providing safe transport using our DNV certified equipment of material and chemicals is our goal. We provide services in tank and vessel cleaning, emergency spill responses, as well as hazardous and non-hazardous waste management and treatment. Our highly trained and skilled personnel provide a professional service second to none. Our state-of-the-art direct-fired thermal desorption unit provides companies with an almost instant removal of liabilities when waste is treated at our site. Tiger Tanks Trinidad Unlimited, world-class service to our clients. Tiger Tanks Trinidad Unlimited, thinking outside the tank. For further information, call 868-651-1544 or 1460-0130. Terrorists have taken possession of nuclear missiles on a cargo ship off the coast. They choose this life over friends, over family. It's time to get loud. Let's fly, baby! Now that's what I'm talking about. Is that the biggest one you've got? Worldwide opening Wednesday, 20th September at Movie Town Cinemas, Cine Central, Price Plaza, Shibona, South Park 10, Caribbean Cinemas, Trin City, IMAX, Gemstone Cinemas, and Estate 101. Welcome back to Inside Edge. We continue to discuss the development of West Indies cricket, both in women's and the men's game. Uh, we are joined by Mr. Derek Murray, former uh, former Trinidad and Tobago and West Indies wicketkeeper batsman. And before our last break, he was uh, really hitting, so to speak, if I, if I may use a cricketing, cricketing term, the right lengths and line, um, uh, top of <laughs> off, as they say, uh, in terms of his um, analysis and assessment of what needs to be uh, changed if we are to return to those glory days. Mr. Murray, the most uh, topical thing of note uh, of late is uh, uh, missing out on the World Cup, the World Cup which the West Indies team would have won twice back-to-back -back in the 70s. And, and now, here it is, we are at, at such a low point in our cricket that we've missed out on this competition for the very first time in our history. Of course, that comes on the heels of a really dismal uh, T20 showing, uh, T20 World Cup showing, where we've also had double success um, in very recent times. Um, on the 
the field, um, the players continue to show individual ability, individual talent, um, but something just uh, seems to not be clicking when it comes to um, this game at all formats. Previously, we might have been plagued at the test match level and playing great um, limited overs, ODI and, and T20 cricket, but now it, sh it just seems as though we're not getting it right at any format. Yeah, and, and I think that that is um, a, a fair uh, depiction of our cricket at the moment in, in, the, in the Caribbean throughout. And, you know, it, it really is that uh, cricket is, is not being developed, our talent is not being nurtured, and we haven't got the structure in place to do that. Uh, we, we talk, for instance, and, and I, I mentioned uh, Cricket West Indies or West Indies Cricket Incorporated, whatever was incorporated and, and, and put there. And we talk about, uh, now we say we have directors of the board, but we also say we have independent directors. Now, I don't understand in, in a business sense, in a sporting sense, what's the difference between a director and an independent director. When in truth and in fact, the independent, so-called independent directors on the West Indies board really have no say in, in West Indies cricket. So it's still a situation, uh, regardless of what the the charters and the incorporation, articles of incorporation and so say, there are representatives of the cricket boards which are the shareholders in this incorporated entity. So that in itself is a, a misnomer, however you, you want to, to say. And by extension, the people who serve have no fiducial responsibility and therefore how does West Indies cricket lift itself? So we have this West Indies cricket board. Within that, if you look at the accounts of the West Indies board, you see every now and then Red Force Incorporated. You see Grenada Cricket Incorporated. What are those bodies? What are those entities? Who do they report to? How is the cricket structured? So we have the talent, and you see it every day all around the, the schools, the uh, clubs, etc. You see young men and women uh, playing the game with talent. What do we do to nurture that talent? And if we haven't got a, a proper structure for nurturing that talent, and we've had an example where the, the Supreme court in, in India determined that sport is uh, a public good and therefore cannot really be owned by a private company. So if we apply the same thing to, to the West Indies board, we need to put people in positions who have expertise and experience in different facets of governance that go in to make up a cricket board. And I stress cricket board because part of that expertise and experience has to be cricket. So we need to, to restructure, reformulate. That's not me saying that. In my experience, I had the opportunity to be on the, the West Indies board when the Patterson report was commissioned, it was presented and treated with total disrespect. I have to say that. And I could not believe there were some times when I saw 
statements coming out from the board that 70% of the recommendation had been implemented. Rubbish. I hadn't seen any of, of those uh, recommendations implemented. Then we came and we had CARICOM where uh, there was a CARICOM uh, task force set up between the board and the uh, heads of government of, of CARICOM and they set up a joint board under the chairmanship of Mrs. Eudine Barito. We, I sat on that uh, review panel and we produced a report with many uh, recommendations, similar in many ways to the Patterson report. Uh, hopefully we had moved ahead of, of that a little bit. Uh, nothing came of that. And now we had uh, the Webby report and as far as I know, nothing has come of that. So the uh, 10 representatives or 12 representatives of the uh, territorial boards who supposedly are the uh, directors of, of West Indies Cricket Incorporated uh, have either not acted or, or chosen by default to say, this report is rubbish. We, we a not clear instance of frustration, it, it seems, um, uh, on, your, on your part, Mr. Murray, of a revolving door of reports, uh, uh, if I may put it that way. Um, a, a really, really great discussion. Uh, pity we didn't have a lot more time to, to get a, a bit deeper into some of the matters and some of the issues, but we definitely thank you for joining us on our program this evening. It's been a pleasure, Jesse. Thank you very much, and, and enjoy the rest of the uh, CPL and hopefully um, I, I still have to go back to Jamaica, but I I hope that um, the the Trent Bago Knight Riders um, prevails in this tournament this year. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Mr. Murray. Derek Murray, there, former Trinidad and Tobago cricketer, and of course, uh, and West Indies cricketer, that and certainly one of the more astute uh, leaders as, as it comes to the sport, both on and off the field. He assures us that the uh, the gold and green in his background there is pure coincidence. He remains red, white, and black to his heart, and we take his word. We'll take a short break here on Inside Edge and return with more. delivery hit officially very good shot should be able to get a bongo for it and he does an aggressive left-handed batsman and tidy wicket keeper it is difficult to believe that 18 year old kyle ramdu only started playing organized cricket upon entering fatima college seven years ago when i entered secondary school at fatima college my elder brother was in the school and he was playing it and he just introduced me to it and i just i started all that i represented fatima in the secondary schools cricket league and a 14 and a, and a 16 and 15. Onlookers could immediately tell that there was something special. My first game, I think I scored 40 something and everybody was just telling me, you have a bright future ahead of you. And that just motivated me to continue working hard and pushing. Guided by his natural ability, he has quickly risen to become a TNT under 19 player, building his belief that wearing West Indies colors is a real possibility. Hey, a lot of people talk about West Indies, knowing I want to be for West Indies. I mean, it's a bit depressing, but 
I said we can have to make that Westernies team. Firstly, under 19, Westernies under 19, that have a World Cup coming up in January. So good going from them so far. This one is pitched up and smashed to the covers. That went like a trace of bullet. Combining talent with hard work, his efforts seem to be paying off. I was recently called for a camp in Antigua to go basically trials for the Westernies under 19 team. So from there, I would like to perform and I woke up if selected. If not, well, I'll just continue training to make sure that I'm a team and then move forward from there. And with so many different formats of the game available, Ramdu is adamant about taking every opportunity. There's a lot of opportunities in cricket now than there was back then. So he, they have it easier than how we have it easier than how all of people, fellow cricketers, had it. So remember the name Kyle Ramdu as a talented and quickly rising TNT and West Indies senior prospect. Oh, he's hit this one up and over, and I think that will race away to the boundary. Yeah, it takes 10, 7 years to go from your introduction to the sport to a Trinidad and Tobago under-19 team. Certainly a phenomenal story there, Kyle Ramdu. And it points to what Derek Murray was speaking about earlier in our show. You know, the talent is quite obviously there, um, and, and it's quite latent. You can, everywhere you look, you can see, you know, um, b b talented young men and women in the sport, but the governance continues to fail our development and certainly our fortunes. Um, your takeaways from uh, Mr. Murray's interview? Oh, um, you can see we, I think we touched a nerve just a little bit when we asked him about the governance uh, issues. And uh, clearly he's not satisfied that we've reached a point where he's seen that drastic change that, need, that is so necessary in West Indies cricket taking place. And um, you can see it, it sort of, you know, irks him just a bit. Uh, and I wish we had a little bit more time that he can go in and, and, and guide us a little bit more as to what are some of the recommendations uh, that can, that can you know, uh, make the changes possible in West Indies cricket. But um, certainly that change needs to come. Yeah, and of course, uh, certainly as a man who would, uh, as he identified, would have sat on um, several of, the, of these commissions, uh, several of these task force um, into the, the, the things plaguing West Indies cricket and seeing or unable to see any of your your uh, your reports being implemented, definitely a, a frustrating thing. Um, do, does it signal the, a, a lack or, or an unwillingness by the administrators at the top to really um, make um, um, meaningful change in, in West Indies cricket? Well, the board has just been a uh, new board has just been voted in, and we interviewed the new vice president, uh, Mr. Basarat, and he did say that there have been calls for change. I listened carefully to what you're saying. And it's just now for us to have a look and wait and see if they are going to implement the change that is needed. Time is ticking, and let's see what's going to happen. Yeah, we definitely wait with bated breath here in the Caribbean, certainly here in Trinidad and Tobago, to see what can be done about our flailing fortunes uh, in all formats of the game. Thankfully, though, as Mr. Murray also pointed out, the women's game seems to be on the up, um, and just thereabouts uh, when, it, when, it, when compared to some of the more established nations, uh, Australia, England, etc. Your takeaways from the WCBL, the second edition, which was an extended version, um, won by the Barbados. Royals and then I'll ask you to also close by 
um, telling us how do you feel after this leg of the CPL in Trinidad and Tobago heading to the final stretch in Guyana? Well, congratulations to the Barbados Royals women, led by the West Indies captain, uh, Haley. I uh, think she's done wonderfully well, stamped her authority on the game, and that is what it should be. And she's brought her team success. And I think there's wonderful opportunity. It's the greatest, in me, for me, in West Indies cricket, uh, it's the greatest format, the women's game, uh, that is uh, potentially, that can grow uh, for, for, for growth. On the men's side, it's been a fantastic week uh, for TKR at home. They're now top of the table with one game to go in Guyana. The Amazon Warriors, though, I told you, keep looking out for them. They've got four games at home, and they're second in the league at the moment, and most likely the team to end up top of the, uh, top of the league at the end of the preliminary um, uh, league. So I think it's going to be a strong week for Guyana, and it's going to be a really interesting um, playoff in, 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 uh, in Guyana end the tournament. Yeah, we'll see how things go. As Andrew rightfully pointed out, TKR currently at the very top of the standings. We'll have a quick look, if we can, uh, of how those standings look heading into this final leg over in Guyana. Of course, Guyana favored to eventually come out on top. They have uh, they have already, um, or rather, they have four matches remaining to TKR's one, as you can see there. 13 points to TKR, 11 to the Guyana Amazon Warriors, and of course, the other teams are trailing somewhat and still trying to find their sea legs, so to speak. St. Lucia Kings, uh, the Barbados Royals, the Jamaica Talawas, defending champions, and right at the very bottom, just able to clinch their first win a couple nights ago, the St. Kitts and Nevis Patriots. So really interesting as this tournament heads over to Guyana for the final leg. And of course, you mentioned, uh, you would have seen there that TKR and the Guyana Amazon Warriors, so far the first two teams to, um, to guarantee themselves a, sp a spot in the top four, which means that they will either place one to four and most likely be uh, involved in the, uh, the latter stages of this tournament, the elimination and the playoffs. So that's it for another edition of Inside Edge, sponsored by Tiger Tanks, and of course uh, on CNC3, and of course to you listening on the Freedom 106.5 platform, we definitely want to uh, give our many thanks for your continued support of the Inside Edge. On behalf of Andre, we'd like to say thank you once more to Mr. Murray, and of course, God's willing, see you next Monday. In the air, six Introducing more. the Inside Edge, a brand new cricket show about to swing your way. It's gone! Dodge Media Limited, Jassy Marie, and former TNT cricketer Andre Lawrence turn their arms over at some of the biggest names in the sport and take on the biggest topics of the With day. With the win for six. Inside Edge airs every Monday night from 8.30 p.m. on Freedom 106.5 FM. Catch yeah, yeah. the Inside Edge. Yeah. Stumped. Wicket. You're tuned into the all-new Freedom 106.5. 106.5.